Hello everyone, a very happy new year to you all. Welcome back to Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. We hope you had an enjoyable festive period. And as we start 2021 in a fresh UK pandemic lockdown and with ongoing lockdowns around the world, we are here to provide a little good cheer and hopefully some useful insights, shared experiences and helpful tips and ideas for marketers and business owners. And today we pick up where we left off last year with Toby Rowe of Rowe Communications with our meander on the subject of PR. In part two of our episode, we touched on the questions around where the boundary is between PR and content marketing. How can you potentially provide return on investment or attribution with PR potentially in connecting it to marketing? And what does certain types of media training entail? So we hope you enjoy. If you missed part one, go back and check it out. You can find it in our podcast listings. And as ever, you can get in touch with us at Meander's Pod on Twitter. Enjoy. I think um, marketing people do it all the time because at some point we will all have written some very long, complicated marketing plan, which is perfect and full of tactics and great detail. Not that anyone ever reads them, but they're very long and very detailed. But really what you need to be able to do as a good marketer is put an executive summary at the top because that's probably the only bit that anyone ever reads. But we all do it. And we, so we recognise what a good story is and then we can all do it because we know that we've got to get somebody to recognise that I need this budget because I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And that's what a good story is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was I'm coming back out to the sort of more uh, operational side of things, I guess. Uh, what's something we touched on before, the interface between marketing and, and PR. Have you got any sort of examples where you've seen this work particularly well or particularly badly? Uh, I mean, probably particularly well is probably more useful for listeners than podcast to hear. Well, with this campaign, you know, we brought on because one of the things I think we we looked at was um, was really the when you brought into um, uh, either a campaign or or a product launch or whatever it might be, and at what point marketing. We, I don't know, we always, I, in my experience, has always been complaining about being brought on too late when you're launching something or, or talking about something. And I don't know if that's the same for PR. And, and do you find there's, there's times where you can really work well together? Yeah, I think, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Sam. I think often the, the best examples of campaigns or programs is where the various elements involved start in at the same place. And work together in, in, in harmony and in concert with, with one another and there's consistent messages going throughout. So, you know, we, we worked with a, a UK business school for a number of years where the, the objective was to try and uh, raise the number of applications to the MBA programme. And that went well because the PR element, the marketing element, the admissions element, um, operationally what was going on with the, the teaching team were all on the the same page they were all saying similar things they were working together that that's it, it is about you know building a strategy together what conversely you know the worst examples are when uh there's been a campaign and then pr or perhaps marketing have brought in at the last minute because it's not working and let's say for a new business school program uh, we need to get some more people onto this program. Okay, when is it? Oh, well, it's in a couple of weeks' time. You know, that, that's the kind of panic, panic mode, and you know, that, that's where it, it just doesn't work. So it is about being in the room at the 
the right time. I mean, it's interesting because I look at, you know, I read, read the media and um, things like communications and, and marketing and PR, similar to HR, in that there's, you know, long been a debate that these types of functions should have more power or a seat in, in the boardroom. And I would say this, wouldn't I? But, but absolutely, I think that that's true because if you are, in PR's sense, if you are uh, empowering part of your organisation to look after your reputation, then your reputation is intrinsically linked with your strategy and the way the organisation operates. So if you're doing that without that function in the room, then you're not going to do very well. It's really interesting. I, mean, I think it's interesting giving your, allowing your brand into somebody else's hands if they're not involved in the brand themselves. I used to work for publishing companies and they, that's very high risk because if you've got a high profile author, when their book comes out, you kind of give them out to to journalists and they can say exactly what they like and you, you I've seen PR directors sweating listening to a high profile author just speaking live on radio thinking oh god they're gonna say something awful any minute and it, it it's very PR can be really high risk because sometimes it's live yeah I I, I think that's a, a, another excellent point in that you know, PR is not guaranteed, as you say. It's not something where uh, it's not like advertising, and you can say, you know, this business school is the best thing ever. For example, um, PR is not guaranteed, and and that's very much um, something that people need to understand if they're going to engage with this as a as an activity. Um, you can obviously manage it, and it's about again going back to really what what are you trying to achieve uh, what are the objectives um, who are you trying to reach what are your your key messages having said all that yeah i mean i've been in situations where we do quite a bit of work with book authors um and as, as well as um, management researchers and yeah i've been in similar situations when you think oh god please don't say x or y so yeah there, there is an element of there is an element of risk certainly yeah um, and you you but you need to manage it too yeah and it's one of the things that makes it exciting because actually if they do say something extraordinary it doesn't necessarily mean that's a disaster you might actually have got another 22 stories out of that because they um, said that and as long as you make sure that it's not too damaging you're fine yeah absolutely I, I think i mean one of the things we do is media training and when i finish media training with someone i i I always try and say to them, I don't want to, I hope we haven't overtrained you mm. because too often I would say that, that, you know, you listen to public spokespeople, they're too media trained. And, you know, and it's a joy to hear someone actually just be far more natural and say some opinionated things. And actually from a media relations point of view, that they're the ones that journalists are interested in, not the ones that are going to trot out very bland nondescript statements even though that might be an objective of a media training session in part yeah it's, i mean it's something i find fascinating particularly this age I, mean, I quite often watch the i'm trying not to in the last few years but i'm quite a keen political 
uh, um, person. I like watching the politics and what's going on. And, you know, the the, the sort of the shockwave of, um, you know, fake news, misinformation, misspeaking and all this sort of business. Uh, do you, I mean, I, I presume in, in, in sort of more the real world rather than political world, it's a bit different. But have you found anything with that, in particular with media training in, in recent times, that people, they clearly want to put, they want to be genuine. You would hope they want to be genuine, come from a genuine place. But is there more license for people to say one thing perhaps and then sort of come back and say, oh, well, no, no, this is part of a rich landscape of me saying one thing, saying something else. And then I'm, but I'm right because I've said both both sides of the argument almost. I mean, obviously it, it's not something you tell them to do, but. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think, you know, if you look at some of the kind of rubbish around fake news and this kind of populist stuff we've having to deal with over the last few years, what I think it probably has done is, is, kind of coloured people's views of the media. I mean, it certainly coloured people's views of politicians. And I think certainly when we do media training, the examples people tend to come up with are um, from both sides, either the politician or the kind of Jeremy Paxman, John Humphreys style interviewee, when actually in reality, you know, the vast majority of journalists are not like those two they the way I describe it is I think journalists are very much part of just the business network that you're in they're like suppliers or partners or customers and they are people that you need to have good relationships with um, so I think you know if you haven't engaged with the media much but you watch you know you watch the television you listen to the radio etc etc often the default feeling about how this is done is you know it's a slanging match and it's argument and the politician doesn't answer and the journalist is trying to uh you know push an agenda and it, it gets quite competitive actually in reality certainly in our um you know in our, in our industry um you know when you have a professor talking to a journalist it's it's the conversation because the journalist is helping the professor, the professor is helping the journalist, and they have a business relationship and they build that business relationship. And, and we've often said, you know, the mark of success almost is when that, that journalist almost doesn't need to speak to us at all. They're, they are on such good terms with the, the, uh, the business school person that, you know, that they, they both help each other out and the results are great. I think you're right, Toby. I mean, part of it is I mean, the, the journalist has a job to do as well. The journalist needs yeah. to write a good article, have something to say on radio. And so they want to, have, they're not trying to get blood from a stone. They want to get positive stuff, which they can feed out to their audience. So it's, as you say, it's a relationship. It, it, it is. And, you know, we, we say to people, a journalist's job is to write a story, but it's not to write your story. Um, and it's about helping them produce something. And, and this goes back to, you know, some of the topics we've discussed earlier about PR, is it free advertising? You know, nobody's going to, it's unusual that a journalist is going to write something that almost seems like an ad. They're not, they're not going to do that. Um, so it, it is about how, how can you help a journalist write something? And obviously the fact that you are then in that article, in that interview, et cetera, that will help but it's you know just one-off hits that's not not really how it works and it's not going to be that effective and, and so I go back to you know PR with media relations as well it's a long-term activity it is a very long-term activity and mm -hmm. you know, if you invest and you're committed to it 
you will see your reputation uh, getting more positive and, and, and most of all, you know, you're going to get greater awareness. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do, do you find with that as well? I mean, one of the things we always come back to is uh, we come back to attribution and uh, return on investment as marketing, particularly now as we're seeing with budgets being squeezed wherever potentially um, the kind of uh, the efficacy. I mean, it did, as you've already said, you know, you can't just go up and say, yeah, well, you know, we got this, this, this piece in, in this uh, publication. And on the back of that, we've had this, this, and this follow-up. I mean, clearly, as you say, it's, it's more like you've got to have a, uh, be working with people who are um, also understand the ideas and the merits of the long-term development of reputation. Um, but are there any ways in which you would go to them to sort of say, well, you know, you, we, we agreed in this objective that, you know, we were, I don't know, we, we, we were no, we were really good at, um, I don't know, say, say finance or something, but actually in that we're really good at producing finance leaders or finance leadership, whatever it might be. Is there any way you sort of help to assess that, say after a year, two years and, and, and share with your clients about how you have sort of, you know, helped to, um, I say, mold the reputation, uh, tell the story of the reputation? Yeah, I, 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 well, I think, you know, return on investment and measurement is, is absolutely important. And, and, and PR, I would say, as an industry probably hasn't always had the most glowing reputation enough for measurement. Um, and I think, you know, you, there's, there's a spectrum of ha how you can do it. Um, you know, at, at a very simplified end, it is, you see some people, it's as simple as we wanted to, you know, be in the FT. I, I once worked for a very well-known management consultancy, um, global consultancy, and they're, they're their single measurement, despite the fact they have very complex measurement systems in their clients, with us it was we want to be in the FT twenty times a year, and that that was it. Wow. <laughs> um, now that's a very sim sim simple way of doing it, but but I think you know if particularly if you're trying to change perception, then you really need to to employ some more sophisticated tech uh, techniques, looking at um, how are you you know how are you how are you seen now. And then, and, it, and it, again, going back to long term, it's a kind of fairly long term thing. But then, you know, a year later, um, and this could be through doing some market research amongst uh, core audiences, you know, how, how what's the perception of the organisation? Is it changing? Are you better known for finance now? And it was previously marketing or, or, or whatever it is. Um, and, and ultimately, as well, I think it's, you know, accepting that, um, PR, marketing, content on social media, events, whatever it is, all those components are all part of one machine, if you like, trying to get results. So I think you know, as a consultant, when you're working with a, a, a client, you need to try and work with them on putting some measurement systems in place, but acknowledging that, you know, in, in the business school world, if a person comes on MBA, it's unlikely to be because of one single thing that they've seen. It's a culmination of uh, the raising of awareness, the, the, you know, the direct marketing that goes out, the website, the visit to the school, the alumni, et cetera, et cetera. So they all play their part. But yeah, measurement is, is key. You, you've, got to, you've got to set that out at the beginning and think, well, what are we trying to achieve? And then measure it because then you can adapt and uh, develop it if it's not working. Yeah, measuring particularly for PR is quite a dark art it's quite it's because it's perceptual and there are no it's probably not I mean some of it might be revenue but as you say what caused that revenue to happen so for PR it is quite difficult to say what have you actually increased our reputation 
unless you've done a yeah. nosedive and something really awful has happened, that gradual in increase in reputation or profile recognition, etc., is is quite hard to measure. It, yeah, I think I think it is. I mean, uh, yeah, quantitatively, you tend to go back, as I said, to fairly sort of simplistic measures, which you know they have their place. We want to be in this publication next time. Fine. Um, but if, if it's about measuring reputation, you are, then I think you're getting more into sort of qualitative mm. uh, elements of, of measuring. And, and again, it, and it's a longer term thing because yeah. you know, reputation doesn't really change overnight. Measure, but it's hard. Mm. I, I, I had, because um, we're, we're sort of coming towards the end of our hour, but I had one more piece of, I, I, I'm sure Sally might have something as well, but I noted down a beat and put it in bold letters, content. And uh, it's because really, I think, as we've just, as we've been talking about sort of the interface between marketing and, and, and PR, and, and it seems to, a lot of it seems to come down a lot of the time to content. So even during the last sort of four or five years, I found that that shift from adverts and, and, and the typical kind of marketing activities and the brochures and the, the events, et cetera, the, the content, the content strategy work that goes on now that must be a place where if there are if there is the PR team there is the marketing team that you hopefully don't collide you seamlessly knit together and say great well let's let's really go we've already alluded to this of course about getting together and being aligned and working out what to do but do you find there's sort of I suppose sometimes it can either sort of come from the marketing team say right we're going to create a content plan and we're going to do this on Twitter this on LinkedIn this here to these different audiences can that actually be helpful for you guys coming in there or vice versa where you sort of you can help complement each other i think i think sam it's a bit of a mixture i mean we're you might my observation of looking at uh, internal teams is it's you know it's sometimes driven by comms pr uh, or, or marketing i i guess you know and so the, there's a there's an internal logistical thing to do about how this work with the various elements how, how does it all fit together? Externally, of course, no one really cares whether it's from the PR team, the marketing team, the, you know, whatever team. And um, so that's where really, I think, if you were going to say where PR and Marcoms are absolutely, the you know, lines are blurring slightly, um, I would say it's around content marketing. I mean, the, the bit that I guess sort of PR stands out aside from marketing tends to be going you know going back to media relations so you know that dealing with journalists and the media is, is solidly in the, the PR category uh, but on the content side that's when I think there's a there's a blurring of uh, a blurring of lines um, I think it's interesting particularly with the clients that we work with because you know having worked with corporates in the past sometimes you when you've talked about we need to produce some content well I haven't actually got any content so you have to produce it that the opposite challenge exists in higher education institute in that they've got more content than you you can know possibly do that you know there's research and insights and lectures and conferences and you know huge amounts of content uh, and so the challenge there really is is how do you use that most effectively rather than that so you don't you don't need to really produce new stuff from scratch it's about how do you mold that uh, content in, in the most effective way there's also in the academic institutions there's this very strange experience where you know they've got all this content they just won't give it to you 
and then you think, oh, please, I just want a few lines. Yeah. It's just hard. Yeah, no, that, that definitely happens. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Um, well, I suppose, I mean, it's a, moving towards a close, there was one more semi-question I had, which was about if, if or a piece of advice, perhaps, from you, Toby, if, if there's an organisation out there, perhaps listening to this, who doesn't have or has, has kept the PR um, idea in, in a kind of a, a jar on the back shelf at the top of the, uh, the ideas section of uh, their strategy, um, what would you say to them in terms of um, if they've never considered PR and, and they're, trying, they're questioning whether they, they need to look at it or they need to try and dip their toe in the water? What, are there any sort of key sort of diagnoses or sort of signs you would have that you would think they would go, OK, well, may, maybe we do need to just consider this trying, trying it to a certain degree? Yeah, I think I think you've got to ask yourself a few few questions. Um, you know, wh where is the organisation at, at present? You know, is it is it performing to the 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 way that it should be? And and is it known by the, the people that you really want to try and influence? That I think that's that's the key question. So, how, externally, um, who who are these people? Do they know you? Um, so if you you know if you had a very use a uh, sort of strange example, but if you had a you know a single freelancer who had a very niche business that actually only needed to know twenty firms in the country, and that particular person knows these twenty firms, then PR's probably not um, or getting a PR company in. That's probably not what you need to do. You are doing PR, but you're doing it yourself. Mm. Um, and so I think, you know, the, the question really, the key question is, who is it you're trying to reach? Are, are you engaging with them? Are they engaging with you? What do they think about you? And really PR, as I've said throughout this, I think it's, it's a long-term activity. It's about building reputation and it's about creating this environment, a positive environment in which you can do business or operate more successfully it makes it easier for you to operate because a people know you and b people think a lot of you and and, and trust you and that's really what 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 that's about now if you you're already doing that then you know perhaps you don't need to speak to someone like me but if you're not doing that and you feel there's something missing then you know have a chat with someone like me Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you very much. And where can people find you as well, Toby, if they're, if they're searching you out? on, the, on uh, In the summer on various cricket fields in Oxfordshire, but when I'm working, <laughs> um, rowcoms.com. And, uh, you, you know, we're, we're very much um, uh, a consultancy that is, is open to conversations. You know, there's, it's not a, we, we're not, uh, we don't do sort of hard sales or anything like that. We're, we're really happy to make new contacts and talk to people and, uh, and and suggest what might work for them so yeah that's where we can be found and uh, on linkedin as well wonderful well thank you very much i've really enjoyed that i think it's been a, a wonderful really yeah, interesting uh, along yeah. the riverbank we've explored we've covered quite a lot of ground and uh, yeah I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it so thank you very much toby no, thank you well thank 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 you both it's been extremely extremely enjoyable talking to you both and uh, i hope hopefully we've covered some ideas that people find useful or perhaps controversial and, and have some opinions on but thank you very much thank you cheers thanks very much bye now bye bye 
Well, we hope you enjoyed that meander with Toby there on PR. Clearly, there's a lot of areas of alignment which are very important in terms of understanding how marketing and PR work most effectively together. And if you're a, a small business owner who's or medium business owner, medium-sized business owner who's looking to get PR to work for you, then there's quite a few things to consider, as you can see. And uh, hopefully, Toby's insights have been useful for you there to um, to think about in terms of getting PR off the ground with your business or organisation. Uh, we've got a few more episodes coming up very shortly. Uh, some on budget some on outsourcing and then we're going into digital marketing in quite a big way towards the end of the month with a new special guest details to follow if you have any details for us or questions ideas insights whatever it might be or if you'd like to be on the podcast then you can contact us on twitter at meanderspod thanks very much everyone and again a happy new year to you all take care bye for now <laughs>